Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we're going to celebrate the birthdays of Ernest Stevens and Ben Black, have a tea party, take a musical trip to Alabama, and try to get inside your head. Yesterday, December 15th, marked the birth in 1894 in Elizabeth, New Jersey, of pianist, conductor, arranger, composer, and Thomas Edison's right-hand music man, Ernest Linwood Stevens. His musical talent was recognized early on, and at his mother's urging, he took organ lessons, but soon switched to his preferred instrument, the piano. While in high school, he played in musical groups at school functions and other venues, and after graduating, worked at several different piano roll companies, both as an artist and editor. Around 1919, a friend got him an audition at Edison, and upon hearing Stevens' test recording, the old man offered him a position as his personal pianist. In that capacity, Stevens would play all incoming compositions for Edison to decide whether or not to record them, make recordings testing for instrument placement, and help Edison in selecting specific pianos for recording. Stevens was also on the company's music committee along with advertising manager Arthur Walsh, but Edison reserved the last word and final decision about what was to be recorded for himself. Ernest Stevens made his first commercial recording for Edison on February 14, 1922. The first recording by Ernest Stevens' trio took place on May 6 with Rory Thrall on saxophone and Michael Aaron playing banjo, and on December 26, they added Philip Baird on tuba, making the Stevens Quartet. By this time, Stevens had made so many records that his January 15, 1923 sides were issued under the pseudonym Franz Falkenberg. Another recording was credited to Snevitz Serenaders. That's Stevens spelled backwards, but it went unissued. Stevens left the Edison Company in 1925 in a personnel shakeup, but was asked to return in 1929 and made his two and only electrically recorded sides on February 11th, which happened to be Edison's 82nd birthday. Ernest Stevens composed over 100 tunes, but with the exception of Like a Rose, written in collaboration with Pierre Norman Connor, they were all unpublished. Following the demise of Edison's phonograph division and the old man's death in 1931, Stevens spent most of his time giving organ and piano lessons and died in Montclair, New Jersey on April 6, 1981. Here are three from Ernest L. Stevens.
The Ernest L. Stevens Trio, with the regular members Stevens, Roy Thrall on sax, and Michael Aaron on banjo, plus percussionist John Soren on Chinese blocks with Hot Lips, written by Henry Bussey and Henry Lang. Edison 51037 was recorded September 11, 1922, and was preceded by the Ernest L. Stevens Dance Orchestra with Irving Berlin's Little Butterfly from Edison 51262, waxed October 19, 1923. Little Butterfly was featured in the Music Box Review of 1923, which opened at the Music Box Theater on September 22nd and ran for 273 performances. We started off our tribute to Ernest L. Stevens with Percy Wenrick's Keep On Building Castles in the Air, which predates both the other records, recorded July 14, 1922. 
John Soren is also heard there on Chinese blocks and even gets credit on the label. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Back on the November 4th show, I played Skip Along. That's right, written by Ben Black. I mentioned his birthday was coming up and that he might just get his own segment. Well, guess what? Last week, December 11th, marked the birth in 1889 in Dudley, England, of composer, author, publisher, producer, and music director Ben Black, who's getting his own segment for the very first time. He immigrated to the U.S. in about 1907 and became a naturalized citizen. In the mid-1920s, he formed Ben Black and his orchestra and recorded a couple dozen sides for Victor in Oakland, New York, and Los Angeles, with about half of them actually issued. He joined ASCAP in 1926, and on September 28, 1929, Ben Black and his Rhythm Kings played at the opening of the 3,021-seat Lowe's Jersey Theater. In the 30s, he became music director of Paramount Theaters, producing shows in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And in 1936, Black was director of Fanshawn and Marco in Los Angeles, producers of live stage prologues for motion pictures. Ben Black died in San Francisco the day after Christmas in 1950 and is interred at Salem Memorial Park in Colma, just south of the city. His chief collaborators were Edwin Lamar and Neil Moret, and songs to his credit include Tears, You and I, Don't Sing Aloha When I Go, and These.
Great record. The label of Victor 20911 may credit Ben Black and his orchestra, but that was actually Nat Shilkrit directing the band on Waiting for the Springtime, and it definitely has that Shilkrit sound. Ben Black may or may not even be in the band, but vocalist Louis James certainly was, on that August 30th, 1927 recording. Waiting for the Springtime was written by Sam Messenheimer, Val Burton, and Sigmund Sachs. Before that, probably Ben Black's most famous composition, Moonlight and Roses. We heard it performed by Ray Miller and his orchestra with the vocal duo the Radio Franks, namely Frank Bessinger and Frank Wright on March 13, 1925. The tune was originally written in 1892 for organ by Edwin Henry Lamar as Andante in D-flat, and the words were written by Ben Black and Neil Moret. Ben Black died during the original copyright term of the song, and the copyright renewal of Moonlight and Roses 
was at the center of a United States Supreme Court case in 1960, Miller Music Corporation v. Charles N. Daniels, Incorporated. We started off our tribute to Ben Black with another record by Ben Black and his orchestra, and he actually plays banjo on I Love You, California, from his first Victor session in Oakland on August 25, 1925. Ben recorded two vocals in that session, but they were rejected, so we unfortunately don't know how good a singer he was. But since those sides were rejected and Victor didn't ask him to sing again, that might be a clue. This very day, December 16th, back in 1773, some colonial patriots expressed their displeasure with taxation without representation, the monopoly granted the East India Company, and a few other grievances, by secretly boarding three British ships in Boston Harbor and dumping about 350 chests of tea into the harbor, an event which came to be known as the Boston Tea Party. So for this segment, we're going to have our own musical tea party, and here to get the party started is Miss Marion Harris. Thank you. 
It was first performed by Phyllis Cleveland and Jack Barker on April 21, 1924 in No No Nanette and first recorded by Helen Clark and Louis James on September 24, 1924. But Miss Marion Harris started off our little musical tea party with her October 15, 1924 recording of Tea for Two, written by Irving Caesar and Vincent Humans. Marion Harris was followed by Joe Venuti's Blue Four with Tea Time from Regal Xonophone MR1508, made September 20, 1934. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on iTunes as a podcast and part of the Global Community Radio Network. Last week, December 14th, way back in 1819, Alabama became the 22nd of the United States of America. Some fun facts about Alabama are that at over 300,000 words, it has the longest, and at 775, the most amended state constitution in the world. It's home to the Vulcan, the world's largest cast-iron statue, weighing in at 120,000 pounds. Magnolia Springs, Alabama, has the country's only all-water boat mail delivery route. And while most states have milk as their official state drink, Alabama is the only state to have an alcoholic beverage as its official state drink, Clyde Mays Alabama-style whiskey. Here to start off a musical celebration of Alabama's statehood is Fletcher Henderson. Thank you. 
Isham Jones and his orchestra recording for Brunswick in Chicago on January 16, 1925, and Alabama Bound. Not to be confused with the 1909 ragtime tune, I'm Alabama Bound, written by Robert Hoffman. 
Alabama Bound was composed by Ray Henderson, and this is an instrumental version, but in their first collaboration together, words to Alabama Bound were written by Buddy DeSilva and Bud Green. I last played Alabama Skedaddle by xylophonist William Mitchum just about 13 years ago, so I figured it was about time to hear it again. That recording was made in London around August of 1911, and Alabama Skedaddle was written by Edward Hess. William Mitchum was actually a pseudonym for British entertainer Frederick Gabriel Penna when playing accordion. Unlike most performers, he was also involved in the technical side and was a recording engineer. For his stage act, Penna used the name Billy Whitlock or William Whitlock, and from 1914 to at least 1926, he was in a double act with Charles Penrose of the Laughing Policeman fame, billed as Penrose and Whitlock, or the Two Old Sports. Penna died January 26, 1951. We begin that Alabama, uh, excuse me, Alabama set with the Dixie Stompers, a pseudonym for Fletcher Henderson on the Harmony label, and Alabama Stomp, written by James P. Johnson. That recording was made October 20, 1926. By all rights, my friend Bradley should be dead, having been struck by a car while crossing the street quite some time ago now. But thanks to what can only be described as divine intervention and a superhuman team of physicians and medical professionals, he's still with us and doing well. Recently, he underwent what is hoped to be his final procedure, skull replacement surgery, and he posted on Facebook that in a couple of months he'll be right as rain. I don't know where he heard that phrase, maybe from his great-grandparents since it originated in England in 1894, but he's not of an age to be saying right as rain. I'm happy he did, though. Anyway, with best wishes to Bradley for continued healing and a rapid and complete recovery, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about the cranium, skull, noggin, or head, beginning with the Casino Jazzers, and heads up. <laughs> Thank you. 
shall begin and end with you. And since the first day of birth, you've been an angel, mother, heaven on earth. Silverhead, once gold, now silverhead, no other love can be so true. And when in need of a friend, all the world can depend on silverhead, God bless you.
If it sounded like there were a lot of notes coming out of the piano in that recording, it's because there were not one, but two pianists at the keyboard, Hugo Fry and Frank E. Banta. That was Joseph C. Smith's orchestra, December 16, 1918, with Jerome Kern's Head Over Heels. Head Over Heels is from the musical of the same name, which opened at George M. Cohan's Theater on August 29, 1918, and ran for 100 performances, closing November 23rd. That was preceded by Vernon Dahlhart with Paula's Clover Garden Orchestra and Silverhead, written by the trio of Joseph Nussbaum, Vincent Lopez, and James Brockman. Like many Edison recordings, that was issued on flat disc and also dubbed onto Blue Amberol Cylinder. We begin that cranial set with the Casino Jazzers, a Grey Gull studio band directed by Fred Hall, and Heads Up from Van Dyke 81855, released in 1930, a record the February-March 1976 issue of Record Research called Quite a Rouser, and I'd have to agree. Heads Up was composed by Mel B. Kaufman. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>